Happy Halloween. Or should I say unhappy Halloween? I don't think people that celebrate Halloween want to be happy. They want to be afraid. They want to be scared out of their mind. They want to be so terrified they poop their pants. And I, I want to... I, my neighborhood has gotten kind of weird. I, we got a big Christmas neighborhood. I can't wait till Christmas to see all the Santas and the reindeers out, you know? So I, I get it, you know, you, you just try to show the same enthusiasm with all the holidays, but the, some of this Halloween stuff's getting weird. I want to say, I've got small kids. I've got small nieces. There's other little kids in the neighborhood, and some of the things that are coming, crawling up out of the yard, I mean, it makes me go, Hah! I mean, <laughs> there's some, like, hands and skeletons and zombie-looking things coming up out of people's yards. And I, I, th I think tomorrow I'm going to give them a, a special treat from me. I'm going to command that every Halloween creature, fake creature, doll, or mannequin or whatever they got out there, demon witch, that it comes to life and it tries to get into their house. Matter of fact, it will get into their house and eat all their candy and make a big mess. Maybe then they won't be so, so apt to put stuff like that out there. But where's people's imagination? I mean, I can't, I can't even look at like an action figure without imagining it come to life. Maybe because maybe I just have such a vivid imagination. I think that's what those uh, blow-up ghouls are supposed to do. I mean, they got these big blow-up, uh, these big blow-up like creatures that are like 25 feet high. You know, you, you, those stores that are like brand new and they get those, I don't know what you call them, those blow-up things. I remember Jerry Dean had one of those on his pulpit <laughs> several years ago. You know, the big things that blow around, they look like Gumby. And he, and he said, this thing is not going to out-worship this church. <laughs> Well, they got those nowadays, but they look like big uh, vampires and demons in the neighborhood, and it's scaring the kids. But uh, nobody will take them down, and there's nothing can can be done about it. People, I, I don't know what's going on with that. I wonder if the houses that have extreme, fearful, crazy, uh, like death, like, you know, just the horror movie-looking front yard, graveyard, zombies, all of that coming out of it, I just think that's a depiction of what's really going on on the inside of the house. And I guess it's just funny to pretend a, a greater evil <laughs> that's not existent. Really, there's evil in the house, but they're trying to portray a greater evil like Freddy Krueger, you know, sitting out there in a rocking chair on their front porch. You know, that the, Freddy is really the evil one here, not, you know, not dad. That's just a theory I have. I, I don't know, but. You know, you know, I love Church Fall Fest. I, I get into all of that. But the fearful stuff, it does entertain the devil. It really does. And it's giving a place for Satan. So keep that in mind with Halloween. I really keep that in mind. I think we ought to do a little extra praying tomorrow during this day. Understand, I don't believe that Satan has a day. Every day belongs to God. God made every day, so every day belongs to him. This is the day that the Lord hath made. And how will we rejoice and be glad in it? And that's what we're going to all do tomorrow on Sunday. We're going to rejoice on Halloween. Praise the Lord. And uh, then, of course, eat a, a big bag of Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> yeah. But I love this time of year because it's a busy time of year for me. But then it's followed by a time of relaxation. Busy followed by relaxation. The busy season is what we call passing the mantle. It's a conference that our local church has hosted ever since uh, the late 1990s. 
And the anchor guest speaker of it has always been Evangelist Lee Stone King. Well, since the lockdown, Brother Stone King hasn't been doing much traveling. He wasn't with us. We had uh, Evangelist Josh Herring preach, uh, Evangelist Jesse Corneo preach, Pastor Art Wilson, my younger brother Caleb Gleason preach, some uh, other guys. But let me tell you, there was a, a new voice that we brought here to pass in the mantle, and it was awesome. It was Brother uh, Caleb Herring phenomenal, marvelous evangelist that we have in the United Pentecostal Church. Uh, one of the best. He, I'll just say this. I listen to a lot of preaching on a weekly basis, a lot of preaching. But it had been a while since I felt like I had been preached to. And Caleb Herring preached to me. His content was absolutely superb. And I even went back and listened after post-production you know, with all the live streaming and podcast and stuff our church does, I went back and listened to the messages he preached. And I never do that from our church. If I listen to a message from the pulpit, I mean, that's it. It's enough for me. I'll go back and reference the notes maybe I take. But I went back and listened to Caleb Herring's message. That's how much I liked it. And I want to play a clip for you here. Listen to this. The enemy has an audience with nearly every person in this room because homes are filled with televisions Mm. and hands are filled with cell phones. Netflix is rampant with pedophilia and social media is clouding the minds of a generation. And during Pride Month, Nickelodeon Mm. introduced a song in daytime television that was being sung by a drag queen that was pushing the homosexual agenda. Homosexual. Channel has introduced their first transgender character and their first bisexual character first on an animated bi- film. But we write probably not the first that we know entertainment of. because it's Disney and it's animated. Mm. But somebody in this generation come on stand up and say the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Woo. You know, Brother Herring, Brother Caleb Herring's sound is like a sound that you don't hear anymore. That ear-piercing, like heart-pulling, foot-stomping, like walls-shaking. Even like the pews starting to move. You can hear the wooden pews start to go... I mean, lights flickering. That type of sound, that powerful sound. It's like not a human sound. It's, like, it's, it's a Holy Ghost sound. The Holy Ghost gets a hold of some preacher's voices and puts like an extra rasp to it. I, I believe in that. I'm serious. Used to be you'd hear every evangelist sound like that. Now it's becoming rare. And he's got it, and I loved it. It reminded me a lot of the revivals that we used to have back in the 90s. Uh, like with Eli Hernandez, for instance. Man, I miss him. You know, during those revivals, I would love it. And on the last night, usually Sunday night, after church, we'd go get some dinner, come back home. I'd lay down. You know, I'd be like eight or nine years old, lay down at 11 o'clock at night, and I would just cry. I'd cry because the revival was over. And after passing the mantle, i got to be honest, I didn't cry, but I got a little melancholy. And I actually really wanted to hear Caleb Herring preach again. It's been a while since I felt like I was preached to, and he just preached to me. There's some deep things about his content that ministered to me on a very, very personable level. 
I loved his content. I love the way he sounds. Even he just looks like that evangelist, you know. And I, I love the way those Louisiana guys, how they say homosexuals. <laughs> they don't say homosexuals. They say homosexuals. Homosexuals. Bisexuals. <laughs> homosexuals. Like H-O-M-A-S-E-X-S-H-U-L-L-S. <laughs> homosexuals. You know, it'd been a while since I'd, I'd heard homosexual at a conference. And I mean, he did, you know, most of the time it's only faith, money, and angels. But <laughs> Caleb Herring came and blasted Netflix and blasted Nickelodeon and blasting this and that. I'm telling you. And then the homosexuals, it, all, it makes it sound more abominable and perverse than it really is. You know, and while he was preaching it, I'm like, oh, no, everybody's going to lock up. But to my surprise, I look up and there are people shouting and huckabucking. And it wasn't just hype. It was legit and real. I think people are sick of this trash that is being pumped into the cogs of people. And we're getting tired of it. It's like gay this, gay that. You know, instead of having cartoons like you and I grew up with where Pinocchio's nose grows. And he's trying to get it small, smaller, but the lies keep making it grow and grow and grow. That's what's going on with Nickelodeon, all these Pinocchios. They're line in line. They've been trying to be gay, do gay, do trans for a long time, and we're sick of it. Why? I don't understand it. I guess just to be woke is cool, whatever. Well, uh, their ratings are about to dive, and as soon as you see that happen, they're going to get rid of that and go back to handsome men and beautiful women falling in love and getting married and having kids. Because you know what? That sells. Look, I get it. I figured out a long time ago uh, in doing this podcast, sex sells, brains don't. Because the minute I say sex, I get your attention. Much more than I already have it. But then I start talking about some deep biblical spiritual concept. About 50% of you start uh, surfing your Instagram, <laughs> Instagram while, you're, while you're searching this. Yeah, but I love that preaching. It was um, done in a right spirit. I interpret it as, if we're going to have apostolic revival, we've got to get off the amount of entertainment we're putting into our heads. And also, never become desensitized to sin and evil. You know, cartoons were created to be innocent and funny. Well, nowadays, uh, cartoons can be very, very obscene. Matter of fact, I've talked about it. The most demonic media out there right now is anime. Those little uh, Japanese cartoons. It's demonic. Uh, you watch that stuff, you're opening up the door for demons. If you don't believe me, then don't believe me. But if you trust me as a man of God, uh, get the anime out of there. Watch some old school Ninja Turtles or something. No demons. That I can tell you. Uh, believe me. But it was a conference that everybody was happy to be apostolic. In fact, that was one of Brother Herring on that first night. One of his opening lines was he says, we got a lot of Pentecostals out there, but very few apostolics. I just get the feeling like there's a lot of self-hating apostolics out there. They hate themselves. They hate the way they grew up. They just hate holiness. They hate the message. And they're internalizing it, and that's why they're so depressed. Uh, if, if that's the way you feel, it's time for you to get out of it or make up your mind. Why halt between two opinions? Either em embrace it or go and be do something else. 
I'm tired of the self-hating apostolics apologizing to everybody why we do what we do. You know, you don't got to force what you do now in anybody's throat. Don't go the Nickelodeon approach. It's driving everybody nuts. You know, I just say, this is what we do. We don't do this and we do this. And this is why. And teach the love of God in it. And you know what? People are going to want to be a part of it. Because everyone is sick of the homosexuals. <laughs> That's right. People are wanting to get back to real family. Real family. Husband and wife and kids, grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, all of that, nieces and nephews. That's the backbone of civilization. And we're realizing the downfall of the American family is why people look forward to Halloween all year. That's why. And this was a conference. I mean it. Go, go to, uh, while you're on your podcast, go to the Life Church KC. Follow that podcast. You'll see all the passing the mantle messages. It will deeply, deeply bless you. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Welcome back to the show. We're so glad to be here and speak with you once again. Uh, our passing the mantle was last week. That's why we took the week off. There was no way I could have uh, put a podcast there. But we're back here, here with you this week. Truth be told, I really don't have time to do this now, but I love to do these podcasts. You know, I just, I don't know what it is. I love the microphone. I love to talk with you. Every time I do this, I never feel alone. Uh, down here in the basement. It feels like there's 700 people in here with me. And at Passing the Man, like, I got to meet a handful of out-of-town guests who are listeners. And I, I was delighted to meet all of you. So I appreciate, appreciate your loyal listenership so much. Uh, this podcast grows on a weekly basis, so we got newer listeners. Uh, put your trust in me. I'll never let you down. This is a God and Bible podcast. Taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level, subscribe, become a loyal listener. If you'd like to take your appreciation for this podcast to another level, I invite you to contribute, add some value back to it. You can give quickly and conveniently through Cash App, PayPal, and Venmo. Find me on Cash App, the cash tag Justin C. Gleason, PayPal and Venmo at Justin C. Gleason also. Keep God in your pod, because podcasting is the future. I'll talk to you how busy the season is for me. For those of you that are on a church staff and you, your church does a big conference, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, everybody has like 200 action items, 200 punch list items to try to make a conference happen. And I don't get it. Why are they so busy? You know, I help organize uh, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights around here every week, but passing the mantle, it's like, blah! You know, there's just a lot going on. You got a lot of guest speakers coming in. Then we have Urshan College come in, and you got to do all the meals and set up the hotels and, you know, do this and that and the other and try to make all your out of town people happy, right? And then, of course, all the prayer and all of the fasting preparation, everything that's involved. You're already tired going into it. You get tired while you're in it and you're tired coming out of it. Let me tell you, this passing the mantle, I left refreshed. The prayer was so awesome, and then the fellowship was good in getting just to talk to people I haven't talked to in a while. You know, a lot of people didn't come last year. It was just great to see people, so I left refreshed. But 
After passing the mantle, my birthday comes really quick. My birthday is November 4th. Yeah, this coming, what is it, Thursday? Right? Thursday, that, uh, that tells you how old I'm getting. I'm not even thinking much about my birthday these days. Yeah, November 4th, this Thursday, I'm going to be 39. I'm going to be 39 years old. And I, I'm not looking forward to it, but I do, I do love my birthday. My family is always so sweet and so kind. We just take birthdays, each other's birthdays, seriously in our family. And I'm looking forward to eating some Kansas City barbecue, uh, some frozen custard, and just having a good time on my birthday. You have that, and then also, as many of you know, uh, we are expecting our third baby. And uh, the due date is coming up here very, very soon. And so you may not be hearing from me for a few weeks. I don't know. The baby may get here and I may be inspired and want to do podcasts. You never know. So it's kind of a, I kind of just have an uncertain schedule right now. So just be in prayer for us. Pray for Sister G. Pray for this baby. Uh, the doctors are telling us that everything is good. Everybody's healthy. But as you know, a ba- every baby is a prayer baby. You want to cover those babies in prayer. And you know, this has been a, just a stressful year. Uh, for me, I get I get stressed out. I got you know during during uh, pregnancies. Um, obviously not as st- stressed out as as Sister G is or any other mother out there that may be listening to this right now who's expecting. Uh, the, the women go through the worst of it, obviously, but I've just I I had it with our our first and second child. I call it subconscious stress, and it's just there during pregnancy. And I don't know what it is. It perhaps maybe because you, you just don't feel in control. What do you what you know? What are you gonna do? You know, if something goes wrong, what are you going to do? It's just out of your control and it's unknown. And you just want everything to go right. So it's just like deep down within my soul. But uh, we're believing God is going to help us to bring a beautiful baby boy, baby Gleason, into this world. And then you got Thanksgiving, you got Christmas, and then you got uh, New Year's Eve. And it's just a delightful time of year. So I'm, I'm hoping that things stay peaceful. Hoping that things uh, look bright. Because let me tell you, I've been in a, a, a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle. Some things are happening here. And uh, I, I'm the type of person, if I've been a spiritual battle in something, I don't, I don't really talk about what I'm going through. Only, only to, in private maybe to a few people. Because you've got you to gotta let it all unfold. And you've got to let the story wrap up and come to an end before you can tell it. And then you've know, you got to journal it out. You've got to pray about it. And then you come back and talk about it. But... What's funny is I've been, I've been doing some spiritual warfare stuff here in this, this month of October, and I've been in a spiritual battle. Let me tell you, there was some spiritual battle last week, I'm telling you. I'm, I'll probably, I can't talk about it now because I'm still kind of in the midst of it. Let me tell you this. When you're in a spiritual battle, battle I mean, it's hell. It is misery. It is not pleasant at all, but it has an ending, and you're going to come out of it. And I want to talk uh, the remainder of this episode about post-spiritual warfare. Post-spiritual warfare. You know, you hear about uh, a war-torn country. Like after World War II, Europe was a wreck. It took decades to rebuild. They're probably still actually rebuilding some, some parts of it. You know, war just devastates. They use the term scorched earth, you know, when they just blow up and set everything on fire and there's just nothing. Towns, cities, villages just destroyed after war. Is that what happens after spiritual warfare? 
You know, after 40 days, was it, was it over for Jesus? After Paul battled the beasts of Ephesus, was it over for Paul? After Job's war, you know, what came after that? Was it scorched earth? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Jesus came after the temptation in the wilderness and angels strengthened him. He came to preaching, um, I mean, with a message and with fire that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you know what? His message resonated with the people and he gained a lot of followers and he was very successful. Uh, You look at Paul, he battles the beast of Ephesus and all of a sudden, boom, the church explodes in Ephesus. Job's war, what happens at the end? (laughs) Job ends up getting more than what he had at the beginning. God restored it and some more. I'm telling you, spiritual warfare, it's tough to be in it. But the thing that can keep you going is what's going to come out on the other side. I have yet to fight a short spiritual war. (laughs) I told you in the last few weeks, I fought one for six years. Six years. And I sometimes wonder, could I, did I allow it to continue on? And no, I didn't. It just had to be that way. It had to be that way. And did it affect me? It sure did. I mean, I, I, I get the feeling really low and sad when I think about it, even to this day. And it was not very easy for me to talk about. I've actually, I've only preached about it maybe once or twice here and there, but didn't even share details that I shared on this podcast. And I actually didn't even share all the details of what happened on this podcast. I am just not ready. It's, it's not easy to talk about that stuff. It always helps to pray about it, but it very rarely ever helps to talk about it. And there's just some experiences that you have in life you should, probably shouldn't tell everybody. The only time you should tell somebody is maybe somebody you're talking to one-on-one, and you can tell what you've been through, they're going through it right now, and your testimony, your experience can help them. That's usually the time to tell it. But I was attacked pretty much the entire time I was a youth pastor. Severely, severely tempted. I really wasn't attacked. It wasn't violent. Evil spirits didn't touch me. You know, they got into my dreams. They got into my visions. Uh, they got into my thoughts. And I, I learned a lot about the devil during that time. See, right now, let me, let me tell you this. I want you right now to think about coffee. Okay, all of you, I guarantee you, are thinking about coffee right now. You know why? Uh, probably because I'm over here drinking some. And I just told you, think about coffee. All right, did you get a mental image of a coffee cup? You did. You thought of a pot. Maybe you thought of a nice espresso or something like that. That's how demonic spirits work. They tell you what to think. They tell you what to think. And it's, they're a part of the invisible world, so it doesn't speak to your natural ear. They speak to the ears of your mind. And everybody has a mind's eye. You've heard that before. Everybody also has a mind's ear. I want you to say your name, not with your mouth, but your thoughts right now. Did you hear your name? You said your name. That same thing, the spirit world can speak in the same way where you're hearing it with your audible mind, your mind's ears. And I had a demonic spirit. He would come from time to time for six years. It wasn't like every day for six years. It was like three or four times each year. And he would uh, speak things to me that were completely opposite of God's will, opposite of God's way for my life. Opposite of what was true, opposite of what God 
I had written out for my destiny and I would wake up believing it and thinking it. And on occasion, I'd wake up and see this evil spirit in my room. But as soon as it, it knew I was awake, it was gone. It never faced me. It was just there to tempt and to get out of there without being seen. Very unusual. I've never heard a story quite like that from anybody else. My, my experience is just... you've ever had an experience like that, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear from you. Contact me at justincgleason at gmail.com. Many of you already have uh, contacted me and shared with me some of your spiritual warfare stories. And it's, it's a way to build each other up, knowing what each other has, has gone through. And we should talk about it. They talked about their experiences in the Bible, right? And we ought to tell them nowadays. But you're apprehensive because you don't know what somebody's going to do with it. You, you got demon-possessed people out there posing as Pentecostals, and they'll take your stories and, and try to trash you for it. You know, let them trash talk. They're trash. God will judge them. You just keep on going. But what's at stake after after a spiritual battle? Well, let me tell you, it's never going to be scorched earth, not on your end. It's never going to be everything leveled to the ground. Oh, no, it's like what Jesus and Paul and what Job experienced. You come out of it stronger. You come out of it with another level of power. You come out of it with another level of confidence. And you know what else you come out of it with? More giftings, spiritual giftings. I came out of my spiritual battle in the year 2011. I, I was doing great. Our youth group was doing great. I, we built a phenomenal youth room, uh, established weekly youth services. And I mean, we had powerful altar calls. It was a church up there. Uh, but the Lord said it was time to quit. I had no idea why. I was actually finally enjoying youth pastoring. You know, some of the kids that gave me a lot of problems, they graduated, moved on, and backslid. <laughs> and, and we had a great group to work with. But God wanted to change my ministry. And he did. And you know what? That, that year, that same year, my dad was elected to be assistant general superintendent. And we understood why. You know? It's, so he needed an, an assistant uh, to, uh, to help him with things around the church. And that's where I came in. But I'll tell you what else happened there. I gained a new skill. In the spirit, I gained a new level of confidence. That is one thing I noticed after that battle. Because the devil attacked my confidence during that time, saying that you can't, you're not meant to, you're not supposed to. You know, it was just nothing but shame, nothing but I can't, nothing but doubt. And I walked out of it with a new level of confidence. That's just what a W will do for you. When you get a win in the spirit, it will just give you a new level of confidence. Uh, confidence definitely in my preaching. There was like a, a, a new level of boldness. Not pride, not ego, but just a new level of confidence came upon me. Oh, that coffee's good. A new, a, a new level of purpose came upon me after that spiritual warfare. I'll tell you another thing that came upon me was a... Ability to see even deeper into the scripture. I could gain revelation and insight that I hadn't before. I started seeing things about the end time that I never had before. I started seeing things about the gifts of the Spirit and the, and the working of miracles and things like that. And, and I really even saw details about the spirit world that I never even understood. Uh, my altar call work went to a totally another level. My prayer time went to a totally another level. Fasting went to another level. Uh, everything went to another level. 
you know, all the, all these things. I came out of it stronger. And it's been with me ever since. Man, <laughs> I think I'm in another spiritual battle now, and I look forward to when this is over because I'm going to come out of it uh, with more wisdom, with more understanding, and more knowledge. And I prayed this morning, and I got assurance and a sign from God and even a few text messages that God has got my back, and I'm in the right, and they are wrong. And I'm just looking forward to what God is going to do. I really am. Spiritual warfare is hideous. A lot of people avoid it. But for those of you that engage it, great is your reward in this life and in the life to come. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to see angels. You know, I, I get that asked a lot. How do I see angels? There's really no prayer you can pray other than, Lord, open my eyes. But that don't always work. What I have found, people that see angels, people that have them, uh, with them, people that uh, it, it almost as if they entertain them. It is people who live a life that the angels can relate to. You, you take this, for instance, angels are spirit. Do they need to eat to survive? No. Do they need to drink to survive? No. You know, do they go to the store or get on, uh, online and order clothes to wear? No, they don't. <laughs> do they need cologne? No. Do they even shower? I doubt it. You know, do they care about healthy relationships? Are they out there trying to date and get a wife? No, they don't. They're spirits. So whenever we fast, like in the Old Testament, they would fast food, water. They wouldn't bathe. They wouldn't anoint themselves. They wouldn't wear any nice clothes. And at times they would say, don't go near your wives. They would uh, abstain from marital relationships. You know what they're doing? I know we've talked about this. They were living essentially like an angel. They were getting spiritual. They were taking on the characteristics of a holy angel in the presence of God. I have found that people that live a life separated have interaction with angels. Because angels can identify with it. Like we were talking earlier about Brother Herring, really just like slammed the brakes on all the entertainment that we're being pumped through our TVs and our phones and all, all the filth and trash. You think angels are sitting down every night watching TV? No, they don't. They're constantly vigilant. They are constantly waiting for direction from God. So you're big into entertainment, not going to have much to do with angels. But when you deny your flesh and keep God at the center and first, angels will get interested in you. They really will. You seek the deeper things of God. You seek the knowledge of heaven. You seek especially prophecy. You look in the New Testament, Peter writes this, prophecy is something that angels desire to look into. You have a prophetic anointing upon your life, you'll attract them. You will. Uh, angels celebrate with somebody who repents. You live a repentant life. Angels will celebrate you. Not only that, but the Bible says, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear the Lord. You fear the Lord, you're going to attract angels. And it's not like being afraid of God like all these Halloween people are putting out there about uh, ghouls and goblins and stuff like that. The fear of the Lord is essentially you serve the Lord because you are terrified of what will happen if you don't. That's the fear of the Lord. It's not a horror show. It's not frightful. It's like a godly respect and reverence 
And it's really just being focused on spiritual responsibilities. That's the fear of the Lord. And when you have that, you'll attract angels. You will. When you go through spiritual warfare, you're going to want them there with you. I'm telling you, after going through some of the things I've been through this year, I need the angel of strength to come down. I really do the same kind that strengthened the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane. The same kind that strengthened him while he was in the wilderness. Mm. Oh, in Jesus' name, I need it. So yeah, it's like an old preacher used to say, if you're going through hell, keep on going. (laughs) You will get through it. You want to serve the Lord. You want to be involved in ministry. You want to do spiritual things. You want to see miracle signs and wonders. You will be met with opposition. Look in the book of Acts. Anytime there was a great outbreak of the Holy Ghost, anytime there was a miracle, there was always opposition. Look at the ministry of Jesus. After he'd go into a city or a town and preach and teach and perform miracles, who do you see barking? The hypocrites. Totally unlike the world that we live in today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've learned quite a few things about spiritual warfare being involved in it. You know, there's been a big push right now to take care of your mental health, and I'm very glad because I've learned something. I actually kind of had an idea of it a few years ago, but from what I've observed this year, with all this talk about mental illness and things going on, everybody right now knows somebody who is mentally ill. Everybody. I got a revelation. Mental illness and demon possession are two different things. But I can say this, that mental illness is an open door for the workings of Satan. I have learned that. The thoughts of mental illness, the hysteria that's behind it, the anger that's behind it. You're not even going to find the word mental, mentally ill in your Bible. You know what the word you find is madness. That's what they used to call it, madness, because mental illness, it's usually uncontrollable anger. And the devil loves outbursts of wrath. It's one of the works of the flesh. And he preys on it. Because the mentally ill mind is very vulnerable to the influence of the demonic world. I've seen it, and I've experienced it, and it's sad. And I pray for those who suffer from it, especially the families. And there's like this big push, mental illness awareness. Be aware, be aware, be aware. And you know what we need to be aware? Aware on how to protect ourselves. Because you know what it feels like these days? It feels like Gotham. It feels like Joker and Arkham Asylum. All the, uh, the mentally insane people have been let loose. That's what's going on right now. We are at war right now. It's the sane against the insane. And it's not just me, but... All- <laughs> Some of the passing the mantle speakers that I talk to, other friends of mine that are other ministers, things going on, they're up against a mentally ill person. Not just person, but persons. It's like demons all over the world. They are going after the insane mind to wreak all kinds of havoc. Not only in their family, their church, but everywhere. Their jobs, everywhere. So, the scripture... God has not given us the spirit of fear. Hear that, Halloween. Hear it, Satan. 
God has given us the spirit of love and of power and a sound mind. That's what ultimately comes after spiritual warfare. You'll feel it, you'll see it. A new level of power. A new level of love. A new level of a sound mind. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. So yeah, don't be a self-hating apostolic. Don't hate the way you were brought up. Don't ever apologize for it. I was talking to somebody the other day. They were uh, just making fun of how their church used to use songbooks. Yeah, it's kind of silly now. Who wants to open a book and sing it? It's much better, I guess, to look up on a screen up on the wall, right? Everybody's doing that. Maybe you're listening to this and your church still does the songbooks. You know, the songbooks, they got it. I mean, the Holy Ghost to move in those old songs. That's why the psalmist said, sing a new song. The songs get old. Sing a new song. Do a new thing. Present a new, a new uh, characteristic of worship. Do all of that stuff. Right? But don't mock where you came from. You know, I passed in the mail. I saw girls shouting their hair down. It had been a while since I'd seen like that on a mass level. <clears throat> it was something. I loved it. That's right. We ain't got nothing to be sorry for. Nothing to apologize for. But we have the answer and the hope that the world is looking for. And it's the real Jesus. And it's the real church. If people are getting convinced of anything nowadays that there is a devil out there. Look around. The corruption that is going on in the earth. The commotion that is happening now in the earth. The sky is doing weird things. Earth is doing weird things. There's pestilence in the earth. There's reports of famines in the earth. I mean, there's already another run on toilet paper. I guess everybody thinks they're going to get diarrhea from Delta or something. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, there, there's becoming supply shortages again. Craziness is happening. People are looking for God. That's who man ran to when things were tough during the, the Great Depression. Then the time of the bubonic plague. The people that held it together, the nations and civilizations that held it together, were the ones that looked to the scripture for guidance and called upon God for help. That's what we need in this day and age. So the devil's loose. He's been loose. Don't be ignorant of his devices. And don't give place to him. Don't think for one minute, just because you're baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, that you're somehow invisible from Satan. Oh, no. He wants to destroy you as he wants to destroy anybody. And don't let him take you down. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next when we talk to you next. God bless. 